0: Shut up, did you come round my house and make a quiche?
1: I came around your house and I made a quiche. Hello and welcome to Too Much Time On Our Hands, the theatrical cut. I'm Terry and as ever I'm joined by Sonia. Hello dear. How are you? I'm alright you been all right? You had a good time since the last recording? Three whole weeks for us? It's been all right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've packed quite a bit in.
1: I was going to say packed on some pounds then. I don't know why. <laughs> no,
0: I actually have. <laughs> I can't stop eating. It's boredom. Oh, um, yeah. There's
1: nothing worse for eating than boredom, is there? Like, you just eat and eat and eat when you've got nothing to do.
0: Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> rubbing that in, Terry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Supportive friend over here. <sighs> yeah, so as I said, it's been three weeks for us, but for you lucky people, it's only been the one week since you heard us talking about how much we love Tom Cruise and his films. So this for this episode, we're going to do our usual three-weekly catch-up and talk about the films that we've been watching that aren't around the topics. Are we going to tell them what the topics are now? Because they don't know, or are we going to save it for the end?
0: Save it for the end, please.
1: Okay, we will save it for the end. So I'm going to start. So after the last podcast, the first film I went and saw... I rewatched Oceans Eight. Which oh, I, which have you I bought know. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it from Kex for like six quid on Blu-ray. Yeah, so couldn't leave that line around. Um, so I enjoyed it just as much the second time around. I just, I've said before, I love a caper and like a heist, and I just really like all of the actresses and the characters. The only one I'm a bit near about is Rihanna. I just think her character was a little bit much, but I really enjoyed the film. I think Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett make a lovely double act. Um... You look at me like I just said something wrong.
0: It it sounded like you said uh, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett made a lovely blacked.
1: <laughs> double act.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear the double.
1: Yeah, they definitely didn't make a good blacked. Um, but yeah, I just I've also recently purchased the Oceans trilogy Blu-ray box set as well. So hopefully I'll get through those soon, although they're quite long. Um,
0: I don't really remember the second or third one.
1: The second one's awful, like. There's a twist in it that just oh it's irritating, but I haven't seen it for a long time. The third one's decent. The third one's got Al Pacino in it. Um
0: I'm not sure I've seen that.
1: Uh Andy Garcia's back in it, but he's like on their side. And Al Pacino's like built a massive casino that's pissing off Andy Garcia and they're like, trying Is it like rob the him. film Casino? Not really, no.
0: Is that but him or is that the other one?
1: Casino's Robert De Niro. Okay, yeah, ignore me. Yeah. Then. Um so yeah, no, really enjoyed it. It's a great cast. Just and it's not that long, it's less than two hours, which you don't get very often in a film these days. But yeah, no, I would thoroughly recommend to watch Ocean's 8 if you haven't already seen it.
0: Yeah, good shout. Um, I'm going to start with a few TV things um, because I want to. Um... I'll get this out of the way really quickly, and luckily for you, Terry, I haven't watched many episodes yet, but the uh, season five of Brooklyn Nine-Nine has yeah. now gone on to Netflix. I've started watching that. Unlike the other seasons, I can't binge on it because I'm watching it with Lucy. Um, so we watch an episode here and there when we're together. i
1: surprised you're not just watching it and then telling Lucy you haven't watched it. So you can watch I might it.
0: do, because I can happily watch it again. Um, solid, solid stuff. You need to get involved with this.
1: I've watched a couple it's just not grabbed me I've oh. not disliked it but it just hasn't grabbed me and there's so much stuff I want to watch
0: anyway um, <coughs> if you're interested uh, season 5 of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is on and it's as funny as ever
1: it's been commissioned for another series now as well isn't it
0: And rightly so do you want to get off your fucking phone I'm, I'm
1: looking at my bloody
0: list on Ugh, Letterboxd Worse, the worst he's, Look. not, he's looking at Tinder I don't know why
1: <laughs> swipe right swipe right <laughs> I don't even know what that means that
0: means you're saying yes to someone oh
1: does it I've only ever heard swipe left
0: before <laughs> I wonder why
1: <coughs> they saw the teeth Yeah. That to swipe left three times before they couldn't see him anymore uh, so next up I rewatched watched Halloween the recent one because that came out on Blu-ray and it's just as magnificent watching it again um, I've done a
0: minute you've already got it
1: I ended up buying what's, it twice.
0: What's the what, what's this one that I've got in the boot of my car for you then?
1: So you've got the fancy steelbook exclusive version that I didn't think I'd be able to get because I assumed V wouldn't get it. And then I bought it somewhere else. I've sold that one on and I've got that one now.
0: Oh.
1: That's why I was not in such a rush to get it because I'd already bought it. All right, I've, it. I've
0: lost interest a bit now.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, you, you <laughs> put me off that <laughs> you? If you like Halloween and you like a slash film, it's very good. <laughs>
0: Right. Um, How to get away with murder. I'm not going to give you tips on how to get away with murder. I'm going to talk about how to get away with murder. Um, Which I've mentioned very, very briefly before on the pod. Um, But season four is now on Netflix. And it has been for a while. And again, I'm watching it with Lucy. So I'm not binging Mm. on it as much as I um, would like. Um, But I really... Um, the reason I wanted to mention this new season is, first of all, I think Viola Davis is perfect and can do no wrong. But the the second and third seasons of How to Get Away with Murder weren't the best. Um, have you ever watched any of it?
1: I started watching series one just couldn't get into it.
0: Um, it, it was just getting a, a little bit ridiculous. But then season four, they really seem to have brought it back. So basically you've got viola davis playing annalise keating and then she's got her like team around her but the end of series three it kind of all just fell apart and everyone sort of went off and started doing their own things but they've they've come back together but the mid-season finale of season four is one of the best bits of telly i've seen in a long long time i think if you look it up on imdb it's got like 9.6 for that episode it was such a brilliant episode um I obviously don't really want to talk about the ins and outs of what happened because it just gives too much of the plot away. And if if you are watching it and you're not up to that point, you know, there are very key things in it. But if you've ever watched How to Get Away with Murder and you've dropped off because series two and three aren't the best, stick with it. Because when you get to season four, it really ramps up. Now we're into the second part of uh, season four as well. It's got a brilliant... Um, new character has just appeared i don't know if the character is going to be a recurring character or if they're just dropping in um but it's a character from another tv show (gasps) i love it when shit like that happens it bones um anyway mid-season finale of how to get away with murder absolutely fantastic tv Needs to be watched, and someone give Viola Davis some kind of award just for being amazing. She's won an Oscar, isn't she? It's, she needs to be. A, she needs to get another one just for being her.
1: Just for being Viola Davis, basically,
0: yeah. yeah. She's all that.
1: Has she won anything for How to Get Away with Murder, like I Grammys and all that? Uff, yes. No idea. Yeah.
0: I can look it up probably when you're salivating over her, one of our other topics. <coughs>
1: Uh, so, next up for me, um, another one that I got cheap from Keck. So, it's just, I never really wanted to watch it, it was just see how it is. Uh, the Flatliners remake.
0: Oh. Have you seen it? No, I've got no desire to.
1: Oh, so, um, I have vague <coughs> memories of watching like the original. It's like from what, the 90s, where you've got like Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer, not Jennifer, what's her name? Robert, Julia Roberts. Um, and I had fond memories of it, though I can't really remember the ins and outs of the plot. So this one is fairly faithful remake, obviously set in the modern times. Uh, you've got Juno, Ellen Page as like the main character, and then the others aren't really that famous. But essentially it's the same plot line of a group of medical students decide to try and flatline themselves so that they can see what's happened. Uh, Ellen Page's character is the one that's driving it on because she, <coughs> we see that... She had a car crash with her sister in the car, and her sister was killed in the crash. So she is desperate to see whether she can find like what's what's happened to her sister since the death. um And essentially, they all at first they flatline, they come back, and they seem to just be like awakened, so to speak. They can remember things if they read a book, they can remember it word for word, and they just seem to be much better at everything. So they will take it in turns to start flatlining, but other things start to happen. They start to see things. She starts seeing her sister around, but not in a good way. Another one starts to see this child that he made his girlfriend have an abortion because he didn't think he was ready to be a dad. And it's just them trying to find out how they can stop this, these apparitions, because it's not clear if they're actually apparitions or if they're actually like ghostly or supernatural because they only ever see their own thing. So it could all be entirely in their heads. Um, it's perfectly decent. It wasn't particularly scary. I don't think it was particularly original. Obviously, being a remake, it's hard to be original. But if you like your sort of supernaturally sort of thrillers, worth a watch if you can see it on telly or get it cheap. But I wouldn't get your hope. But I wouldn't really get your hopes up on it. Over to you, Son.
0: Thanks. Um, okay, so I am trying to work my as well as watching you know all the Netflix things and going to the cinema and all that. I'm trying to just work my way through my ridiculous to watch pile, um, which has acc- accumulated over uh, many years, um, where I've bought things on a whim because they're cheap and they yeah. just sat on the side collecting dust. So I've I've watched some pretty like random films. And I'm also trying to watch through my horror collection to see what I want to keep and what I want to get rid of. Anyway, so the first thing I watched was um, a film called Marjorie Prime, which I really thought sounded interesting from the back. Like reading the blurb on the back, it was cl- it was filed under sci-fi, mm. um, and essentially it's about um, what what they call primes, which is um, basically like holographic projections of deceased loved ones. Mm. So the so- story starts, and you're sort of um, centered on this character of a, an older lady, and her, and she's she's got like Alzheimer's or something, or or she's going senile, I'm not sure. And she gets this prime, which is a projection of her dead husband to basically like keep her company. I mean, it, it looks like there's just another person so opposite her. Yeah. Um, but the prime is of her husband, but in his younger years. So she's elderly, but he's younger. Yeah. He's young in it because apparently that's the best memory for her that would work. Do you know what I mean? To keep her mind yeah. active. And basically the prime, basically, i've said basically quite a few times the prime asks her lots of questions and gets her to retell stories from time that they've spent together and in doing so i think it helps her memory but also the prime learns about her so i can have more natural conversations with her um and you also and you're following the story as well from the point of view of her daughter who's played by gina davis um and her husband who who the old lady lives with um but it gets to a point in the film where you don't know who's real and who's a prime all oh, right okay if that makes sense um so without going too much more into it i thought i thought it was okay um it was it was nice to look at had nice actors john hamm plays her younger husband um he's got a very soothing voice hasn't Oh yeah, he? he's got a lovely voice. Lovely voice. Um, he did
1: a pod he did David Tennant's podcast. There's an hour of just David Tennant and John Hamm talking to each oh, other. Nice. Yeah, lovely stuff.
0: Um but it but it, so- it sounded a lot more interesting than it was in in me- in reality. Sounds a bit like watching. a Black
1: Mirror episode.
0: Actually, yeah. Yeah, it is something that possibly you could see happening in the future. And I could see that actually that kind of thing potentially could work because you hear about you know like old old people's homes when they they have lots of things to do with their past mm. so they recreate rooms and activities that were sort of but in the past because that's how the people with Alzheimer's can sort of process mm. the information or that's where they have the best memories from so yeah it was it was it was okay I think I tried to do it in a kick so
1: <coughs> happy ending for everyone
0: then yep but only because I'm trying to, like, whittle down my collection as well. So, essentially, what I'm doing when I'm watching these films is, am I going to watch it again? Because I, I legitimately think you can watch a film, get great enjoyment out of it, but you don't need it in your collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 100%. Watch it. Get rid. get Let someone else watch it.
1: Uh, so, the next one for me uh, was our joint cinema viewing. Uh, so, I got to see Sonia squirming in her seat, oh. feeling physically sick <coughs> and shouting, I don't like it, I don't like it, because... Uh, the Ring has been remastered for 4K. So this is the original Japanese. Is it Japanese? Am I being racist?
0: Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. Uh,
1: the original Ring, or Ringu as it was called, has been 4K remastered, and it was at the cinema for one night only. And well, <coughs> me no, and Sonia, no. me and Sonia went along. I have not seen, had not seen the original. I'd only seen the American remake with Naomi Watts, which I actually thought was quite a good film. So I was very intrigued to see this. Um, but Sonia was very like yeah yeah let's go see it and then pretty much as soon as we arrived at the cinema the dread started to set in for her um and in a rare thing for the cine world it actually started bang on time so I've the ticket just, yeah I've the ticket looked, time looked was eight
0: up. yeah it was 1998 so it's just over 20 years isn't it
1: yes yeah, so it's probably like a 20 year 4k remastering uh but yeah it started bang on time so we <laughs> missed the opening like 30 seconds to get into our seats um but I mean, the main thing to say from it is how good it looks. As we said, to say twenty amazing. years, they've done a painstaking job on the remastery of it. Um, but for me, and this is possibly because I've seen lots of rip-offs of it, it didn't really scare me. I thought it was a very good film. I thought it was more of a thriller than a horror. Mm-hmm. But I think the main one with this is—is is it Sadaka? Is that her name in this? The girl? Oh, I don't know. Uh, she doesn't. T- she's not really in it. She's very much off screen you hear her you sit <clears throat> you get the vibe that she's there until the very end whereas the the remake she's in it a lot more and there's a lot more of her jaggedy walking and putting the willies up people uh, not literally that's not what she does um but you know i thought it was a perfectly good film but it just didn't i wasn't as scared as i thought i was going to be or as scared as Sonia was sat to my right
0: yeah so i um alongside terry we both love horror films but different things scare us and for me certain sounds or certain movements really give me the creeps now i first saw the ring when i saw the american remake at the cinema and it fucking terrified me like legit i was almost crying in the cinema i was so scared um and then the friends that i saw it with was like have you seen the original one and we went back to their house and watched the original one the same night yeah yeah, it was hardcore back then. This was back in the day. This was like twenty years ago, when I could stay awake. Um, <laughs> I could go a full two hours without needing to pee. Um, and it's ju- it's just the movements. They're just so clever with the like with the Asian cinema. The way they use um, sound and movement to create these atmospheres. I just find. I mean, you could see me getting really tense oh, at certain points. You were literally and,
1: climbing up your chair backwards.
0: And. And nothing like nothing was happening. We weren't seeing anything. There's a scene where the TV turns itself on and I, w- I was genuinely getting really scared. It, It's just what it's building up to because I know what's going to come in those mm. final scenes, which I, which still now just really, they do genuinely scare me. Um There's very few films that have genuinely scared me and The Ring is one of them Um and I I agree with you that the restoration looks absolutely incredible. It's so crisp, it looks mm. so good. Um, but yeah, I could see why I'd possibly built it up because I, I do get very tense watching it. Yeah. Um, I
1: imagine I had quite the sweaty palm.
0: Sweaty everything.
1: <laughs> the gusset.
0: Yeah. Uh, is it my turn or yours?
1: Uh, your turn, the ring was mine.
0: Okay, so... One of the other ones that I saw as part of my... Trying to get through my collection was Prevenge.
1: Oh, I want to see that.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, That was kexed, sorry. Thanks. Um, This is one I picked up ages ago as well. It's got Alice Lowe in it, who I think is really funny. I'd read good things about it. I wanted to see it. So you've probably seen the cover of it where she is pregnant. She was actually pregnant whilst they were filming. She got this idea to write this story. I think she's holding a knife on the cover. And you see this woman um, taking revenge whilst pregnant, hence prevenge, um, at the start of the film. But you don't know why until a way into the film. Okay. Um. I won't tell you why she's taking revenge on people because it po- probably is a spoiler. Um, but she kind of like wreaks havoc and she and her um, baby is talking to her basically oh, right. telling her to do things um, Is it's quite entertaining if I'm honest I was a little bit disappointed I kind of built it up in my head that it was going to be amazing because I've, I've loved some of her past stuff so much mm,
1: she's great in sightseers
0: I was just yeah I would say if you want to see a really good Alice Lowe film then watch sightseers um, and watch Garth Marenghi as well for me, it was just okay. Um, I watched it the same day or the day after Marjorie Prime, and I probably preferred Marjorie Prime. So, yeah, that's Prevenge. If it's on the telly, watch it. Probably will not buy it. Unless it's a 50p.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so next up for me is a film we've talked about many times, so I don't really need to go into it too much other than the fact that I saw it at the cinema. So, it was the 40th anniversary of Alien. The fortieth anniversary, fucking mental to think it's that old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was back at Sydney World for one night only. Um, I Are mean, we one thing to say about the ring? It wasn't
0: su- one night only. They no, it they was added. originally one <laughs>
1: night only. Then they added one, added on a load of nights because it was really busy. Because I was really surprised. to Say that was really full, but the ring was really empty, wasn't it? When we saw it, it was about I don't nine think people.
0: It, I don't think it was as well advertised, and it wasn't like a big anniversary because we're saying it must have been twenty years. It's actually twenty one, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think it was just because they'd 4K'd it, but I guess it was probably around the
0: 20th. Just because they'd 4K'd it, but also you can't compare the two, can you? No,
1: no, no, no. But I just said it just, I was expecting The Ring to be really busy as well because they added another screening of that, but later the same night, Mm. whereas Alien added one later the same night and then it, like, three days later. But yeah, to see it on the big screen, it's the (coughs) first time I've seen it on the big screen. Not surprising because it came up 40 years ago and I'm not quite that old. Not far shy. Um... But yeah, it just looks fabulous because obviously that's been remastered a few times down the line. Um, but yeah, just to see see the Xenomorph and Sigourney and everyone on the big screen. The burster scene is just amazing on the big screen. And I know someone who went to see it at the cinema and they'd never seen it. I don't know how you could get to an age and not seen Alien. Blimey. Um but like she'd she sort of, she'd heard of it, she'd just never actually sat down and watched it, and she was really blown away by how good it looked. She was like, "You, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Uh, that sounds like a stupid fucking sentence. If you didn't know it was 40 years old, going in to see it, you wouldn't have guessed it was 40 years old because of how good it looked and how hmm. well everything's held up. Um, but yeah, obviously, I don't need to go into what Alien's actually about. It's fucking brilliant going to see it. If you get the chance on the big screen, take it.
0: Lovely. Yeah, what was I doing that night? I was at a gig or something, wasn't I? Uh, I had a good excuse not to go.
1: If it was a gig it was without Rich because Rich was there.
0: Yeah. I did go to a gig without him. Anyway, that's <gasps> We Don't do everything together. Right. <sighs> I'm working my way through my horror collection. I haven't got very far because the next film I watched was All the Boys Love Bandy Lane. Oh, I like that film. So I'm still on A. Um. Yeah, I think I think this is a, a fun film. Mm. Um, so Mandy Lane is this girl at school. She's not part of the cool group, but the cool group kind of want her to be. Yeah. She's She's got something about her and everyone wants to be around her or the, all the boys want to be with well, her. All the boys love Mandy Lane. Yeah. Everyone wants to be her friend. Everyone wants to hang around with her. All the guys want to date her or sleep with her and she's just quite mysterious but she's just a normal girl so she seems and anyway she gets invited to this um house at the weekend one of the one of the guys at school is having like a a weekend away at his family's um lake house and there's a group of them going and they invite Mandy Lane and she says yes and then it kind of turns into bit of a teen horror where you've got a group of teenagers in a lake house and there's someone going around killing them and they've got to survive the night and then it gets a little bit more typical you think now my only like quibble with it was i thought that some of the deaths were a bit naff because up until that point i thought it was very good and that it it seemed a bit more credible than a lot of those films Of that genre. Yeah. And then some of the deaths were a bit like, eh, just, just naff. And then it's got a nice little ending, which obviously I won't go into because hashtag spoiler alert. But if you like that kind of like genre of horror, it is a teen horror, but it's just a little bit cleverer. I think it's not, it's not all about like boobs and no, you know, girls running away upstairs, not wearing very many clothes. The char- some of the characters are actually quite clever.
1: Yeah, because I was expecting that very basic, generic, but just thought it'll be all right. But no, I've, I was pleasantly surprised by, by it.
0: Yeah, me too. Enjoy it a lot. I think it, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's worth your time.
1: Yeah, it's Amber Heard, isn't it? Mm. Playing Mandy Lane, obviously now being seen as Mira in Aquaman. Uh, so next up for me was another rewatch. It was Bohemian Rhapsody, as that came out on Blu-ray. So I borrowed that off Steve. I have to say, it's got a lovely disc. Sticky? I had to give it a wipe down with a baby wipe. Um, the disc looks like a record, like the pattern they put nice. on it. I thought that was quite nice, quite clever. Um, so obviously we talked about this a lot last year and we talked about it in our end of year review where I didn't have it in my top 10. I thought it was a, a really good film. I thought Rami Malek was very good in it. Um, and re-watching it has not changed my opinion of that. If anything, it's made my opinion of it worse. i my score of it on Letterboxd went down. Ooh, watching controversial. Oh, it's gone from four to three and a half. So it's not not a major drop, but it is. But for me, watching it again, it just more became that it is very much a very bang average film with bang average performances from most people. Obviously, Rami is very good, but if you take them songs out of that film, it is fucking dirt. If you just if it was just a straight up dramatic film with no singing. It would be boring as hell because I think like Star Is Born. If you took the songs out, that's still a good piece of drama. The songs just enhance it, whereas the songs completely make Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just genuinely, if anything, I, I mean, I, I thought I would have given Bradley Cooper the Oscar anyway, but I definitely would have given it to Christian Bale or Bradley Cooper. I, watching it again over Rami Malek, I think he's very good in it, but it is just, I just. It just yeah, I just really didn't like it. Well not didn't like it, but yeah, it's mainly the songs that make you want to watch it.
0: Okay. That's really interesting because I've I've got an opportunity to watch it again because Rich has bought it. Um and Lucy hasn't seen it. So we're gonna rewatch yeah. it at some point. It's very interesting that your score went down.
1: Yeah. I think I just got carried away because I think like you said, like seeing it on the big screen, hearing those songs like that loud, but watching it again, you are just like I was just very aware that I was watching some average drama scenes sandwiched between Bohemian Rhapsody and other great songs. It's like, yeah, I think if you took the songs out, it would be... Which apparently they're now trying to work on a sequel, which I don't know what you'd put in the sequel, other than obviously the great songs they did. Hmm. Because they moved so much stuff around to fit it into the film as it is. Yeah. It literally just have to be him dying. Which (sighs) wouldn't be the the happy-go-lucky film that they made first time I don't want
0: to finish on a down note, so here's a song. Um... Are you finished with your sighting of bow
1: Uh Yeah. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I, st- I wouldn't say for people not to watch it, especially if you're a Queen fan, you're going to absolutely love it. But I think being, like, stepping away from being a Queen fan, I just think, yeah.
0: Do you not consider yourself a Queen fan then?
1: No, I do. That's what I saying. it's like stepping away from being a Queen mm. fan and just sort of thinking about it a bit more in the cold heart of day rather than just being swept away as a fan of Freddie Mercury and the Queen.
0: The Queen? Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, next up for me, I'm going to talk about a bit, but I'm going to put something to you, Terry, and to, to the listeners, because I'm not going to go into this in too much detail. I've had a bit of time on my hands recently, which we're not going to talk about. But I rewatched all eight Harry Potter films um, <laughs> in a reasonably short space of time. Um, I, Did
1: you do a marathon?
0: No, I had you know, I did have time off because it's obscene. it's nearly twenty-four hours, I think, if you watch them all. The
1: Prince Charles have done it, it is literally like twenty-four hours.
0: They're doing a few more, that's that's too long for me. I I love these films. I really, really love them. I I'm quite passionate about them. I think that as adaptations of books go, they've got to be up there with some of the best it's i tried to put them in order oh, of God. how i liked. i was able to do that i think um but i really feel that they possibly deserve an episode of their own
1: oh yeah definitely uh
0: which is why i'm not going to go too much into them um do you have a favorite
1: <sighs> probably one of the deathly or if you want to view the Deathly Hallows as a film, because obviously, oh, no, it I don't. One, I want to s-
0: view them as two.
1: F- probably say Deathly Hallows Part Two then, just yeah, on the spot, having not watched them for a little while.
0: Because if th- there's a couple that I'm not that fussed about, and Deathly Hallows Part One is is one of them. Um, if I was to put them in order, yeah, obviously I still, you know, we talked about um, the Mission Impossible films the other week. We were saying even the one that we put at the bottom is still a good film. Yeah. Um, but I really, really love the Harry Potter films and as I was watching them I was thinking we 100% need to do an episode on the Harry Potter films because they are so amazing, so, so amazing and watching them all again, not literally back to back um, because as I've said, you know, I I struggle to stay awake for more than two hours at a time Um, I need to pee every five minutes
1: and none of them are less than two hours, are they? they're
0: so long, so long um, but yeah they, they definitely need um, a bit of a, a deep dive I think and, yeah. a, and a bit of love rather than me just <coughs> going yeah I watched all the Harry Potter to so be honest I think it's probably well. need more than one
1: episode yeah I'd,
0: I'd say so um,
1: there's eight isn't there we could do one episode on four one episode on the other four
0: could do we don't really need to discuss that now um,
1: <laughs> get our admin out of the way on air
0: but yeah, I watched all the Harry Potter films. If you've got time, if like you've got a weekend or maybe like a long weekend, and you want to treat yourself, just just watch them back to back. Not literally back to back, unless you can stay awake for twenty four hours. But what you know, bang out a couple a day, it's it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Now, Jem loves them as well. It's totes himoish as well. Um, who's your favourite character of the main three? Who's your favourite? Ron. Yeah, he's such a dude, isn't he? Yeah, he's the Samwise of the piece, isn't he?
1: Very much so. Mm.
0: I love him. Right, you next. Uh,
1: so next up for me, obviously you just talked about one franchise, part of another franchise. So I saw Captain Marvel on opening night, not a midnight showing because no one wanted to go with me and I wasn't that keen to go on my own to a midnight screening.
0: Loser didn't Rich go?
1: No. No, no one's interested. Only Steve wants to see Endgame. I mean Endgame. Little Rich. Oh yeah, he went, but...
0: Well, you could have gone with him. He didn't invite
1: me, little bastard.
0: I don't think he needs an invitation. He went with his
1: other mate, didn't he?
0: You actually look quite put out.
1: Yeah. Let's let's not talk about it, please. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> Listeners, Harry <clears throat> looks ever so sad then.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so Captain Marvel, so the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is mad because it's only been going for 10 years. Um, so this is the first female-led Marvel film. It's got a female director or a female co-director because it's a man and a woman. Um, it's getting a lot of shit, mainly from people that haven't seen it because they just want to, A bash on Marvel, bash on a woman, bash on Brie Larson, because it was released on people International Women's Day. Oh, which was God,
0: people are just <clears> awful.
1: Which was a deliberate part of Marvel's planning, because I don't think they would have originally wanted to release it so close to Endgame. I think they would have liked to have had it a long, like, out before, so they didn't have to worry about Endgame with it. But it's just, it's a really fun film. It's really engaging. I think Brie Larson's getting a lot of shit for being really sort of wooden and emotionless, but... The first time we meet her, she has a fight scene with Jude Law where he's training her and he's saying, don't use your emotion, you need to fight without emotion. And as the film goes on, she becomes more emotional as she starts to forget her training as Veers. And it's just like, she's actually doing a good job with the lack of emotion because it's like the Jedi's, it's about fighting without emotion, fighting with a clear head. So she doesn't. But I think it's it's really the special effects on de-aging Samuel L. Jackson are absolutely phenomenal because they've obviously done it in bits and pieces with... Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell and Robert Downey Jr. for like minutes at a time, but this is the whole film. You've got Samuel L. Jackson. It, at no point does it like drop. At no point hmm. do you think, "Oh, that looks a bit whiffy." Yeah. You're just watching a young Samuel L. Jackson. Um, it's a very different character for him as well because this is Nick Fury before he's Nick Fury. Essentially, this is before the Avengers. We find out that Captain Marvel was the first like super powered person he's met, and she's almost what puts in his mind that we need something else. Um, I don't want to go too much into the actual plot details of the film, but essentially you've got Veers, played by Brie Larson, who is imbued with these powers. She has complete amnesia and can only remember the last six years of her life, and she's a Cree warrior. And through through circumstance, she ends up on Earth, and things start to feel familiar, and she starts to think that maybe there's something within her sight, within her memory that she needs to investigate, and that's basically the plot of the film. Uh, you've got the scrolls, who are the villains. Which, if you're into Marvel, you know all about the scrolls, and they're used very interestingly in this film. Um, there's a cat in it called. Oh, Goose. I was just about
0: to ask about the cat. Yeah. So I've basically had my fingers <coughs> crossed under the table, waiting to ask you about the cat.
1: Yeah. So you've got Goose, named after Goose from Top Gun, because obviously she's a pilot. Um, but yeah, he is—he's a scene stealer on a level of the Hulk in Avengers. Ooh. Not in it very often, but when he rocks up. Samuel L. Jackson loves him. There's a lovely little scene where Samuel Jackson like almost sort of breaks and he's just like, oh, hello, yeah. And it's just like you're watching Nick Fury who's like this badass motherfucker in all the other films and he's just like going all cooey over a cat. Uh, but no, I would heartily recommend it if you're a Marvel fan, if you're a superhero fan, if you're just a fan of a funny action film. I mean, large chunks of it is almost like a sort of buddy road comedy with Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson just with them on this mission. But yeah, no, I really, really liked it. There's two end credit scenes, one builds into Endgame and then one is just really, really funny. Okay. Um, So if you do go and see it, stay right till the very end.
0: I do want to see it, mainly for the cat because you said... You won't be disappointed. You said if you like Marvel films and you like superhero films, neither of which I'm fussed about, then go and see it. But I want to see it mainly for the cat. Also, Does Nick Fury have two eyes in this?
1: He does, yes. He may or may we may or may not find out how he loses one of his eyes in
0: this. I'm film. really not interested, but I'll probably go and see it um, because I'd like to see it to to give an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, I only know one other person who's seen it, and they just thought it was okay.
1: Yeah. So for me, it's not like right up there. A lot of people are comparing it to Black Panther as well, because obviously Black Panther was, um, like the first black lead, and it was all set within Africa. And obviously this is the female one they're not comparable because Black Panther built its own world there was Wakanda we'd never seen it whereas this is set mainly on Earth we've seen Earth we've seen Earth in the MCU so it's not that kind of film whereas Black Panther obviously has a whole mystique to build into it but so <coughs> I mean oh, I was about to say where would it be in my Marvel Cinematic Universe films, where would it be? I don't know above Thor the Dark World um I mean, it's going to be top half, but I wouldn't dare to go into like an actual. I wouldn't want to have to actually do like my top 21 films in order. Although, obviously, probably Infinity War would be top.
0: Um, Cool.
1: I'm excited to see her in Endgame, like alongside Thor and Cap and etc. Because obviously, we've had the trailer. Have you watched the trailer for Endgame?
0: Mm. Is you- the cat in Endgame?
1: I very much doubt it. Because. Captain Marvel set in 1995, and the cat's quite old in the film, so...
0: Oh, okay. Oh, Um, I see. Yeah, I don't... You know I don't understand these films.
1: Yeah. What do you think of uh, Captain America shaving off his beard for Endgame?
0: Oh, if I'm honest, I don't really want to see Endgame because of it. Um,
1: (laughs) You're, You're not the only person I've heard say such things.
0: Um... Yeah, I've seen a couple of trailers for Captain Marvel and none of them have made me want to see it.
1: Oh, um, The 90s soundtrack alone should surely want to get you involved. You've got No Doubt, Hole, and you're, others.
0: You're, Okay, you're selling it to me. The trailers yeah. really haven't sold it to me, but the fact that Hole are on the soundtrack and there's a cat in it, <laughs> I'll probably go and see it tomorrow. Um, can I do my next two together? If you must. I think I'd like to, because following on from your review of Captain Marvel and me saying not really into Marvel films or superhero films, I've re-watched Black Panther, which I've maintained since watching it is the best Marvel film. Um, I watched it with my cat Vince, who (laughs) believes he is a Black Panther. (laughs) Is this why
1: he was high on medication?
0: No, this was last weekend. He uh, is not a Black Panther. He's um, a regular Black Cat but I feel like uh, he he was empowered watching it. I rewatched it with um, one of my friends who had not seen it. I still think it's brilliant and I was still of the opinion that it was the my favorite Marvel film. Yeah. And then I went to the CineWorld IMAX festival and I watched Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. And I can hand on heart say, if I'd seen it last year when it came out, easily would have been in my top three films of yeah. last year. But I would go as as far as to say that's one of the best films I've seen in years. I, so good, isn't it? I was so buzzing after seeing it. I like didn't come down for ages. It was... Fantastic! It's such a brilliant story. It's so brilliantly animated and realised on the screen. The, the animation is so, so good. And the characters are amazing. The story is really heartfelt, but fun. Like, genuine, like, proper laughs.
1: Peter B. Parker.
0: I mean, that's brilliant. Peter B. Parker is hilarious. And then I met, you know, Spider-Man Noir, which is ridiculous and brilliant. And, you know, I think has got to be up there with Mandy as one of, you know, Nicolas Cage's best performance to date. Um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. It really, really is that, it's it's just so, so good. And I've spoken to so many people. I put it on my Instagram and I got quite a few messages from people I don't know, just people that I follow or that follow me on Instagram and just random people were uh, saying, oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. It's amazing. And I think because of the IMAX festival, so for those of you who don't know, is one, um once a year, Cineworld uh, do something called the IMAX Fest, which is one day of IMAX films. for just You can go and see them for three quid each. And it's films that have that have just come out of the cinema. And every year that they've done it, there's been one film showing that I missed when it was mm-hmm. out on general release. And this time round, it was Into the Spider-Verse. So I saw it in 3D IMAX. Um, I'm not overly fussed about 3D, but the 3D was very... The best kind of 3D, I think, is when you forget your way in the glasses yeah. and you just sort of like fall into it. It was absolutely fine. It lo- I thought it lost the 3D in a couple of parts, as in the the picture actually went a bit funny in parts, and I I wasn't the only person to say that as well. I don't know if it was because the size of the screen, yeah. so you can't take it all in in one go. I I don't know, but 3D aside, because you know that's not an important point of it at all. I can't recommend this film enough. It is, it's 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 just so good. I you know it is one of the best films I've seen in the last couple of years, and it is straight to the top of my... That is my favourite Marvel film now. I absolutely love it. I don't think I've bought... I'm trying to think if I own any Marvel films as part of my collection. I think I've got Iron Man. Because Black when I... Black Panther? I don't think I own Black no. Panther, because I, my mum owns it. Uh-huh. So I watched her one. Um, so... Yeah, but I will definitely be buying Into the Spider-Verse because I think I'll probably watch that a lot. Mm. I got a lot of joy from it.
1: Yeah, it's a great film.
0: It's really, really good.
1: I've got a steelbook book pre-ordered for that. Lovely. Uh, so next up for me, slightly, well, animation still. So I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, okay. Uh, so I had a day last week, or this week, where uh, I had to take the day off to look after Daisy because, as we Mentioned Well, I don't know if it made it into the pre-credits. Daisy's not been very well, so I had to take the day off because she wasn't allowed to go to nursery. And uh, we watched another film that we'll talk about in another episode. But yeah, we watched this as well because Daisy really likes computer-generated, like Fireman Sam, etc. So I thought she might like Fantastic Mr. Fox because of the animation. Uh,
0: I thought it was like stop-motion. It is, but I thought
1: because it's sort of very obviously stop-motion, whereas Mm. it's not, I thought that might... Didn't really grab her attention too much. She did sit and watch bits of it, but there's obviously... I'd forgotten how weird it is. Cause... Yeah, I was
0: going to say, I don't really think it's really for little kids.
1: No, 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 not at all. Because uh, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. The bo- It's my favourite like children's book. I used to read it like constantly as a kid. And um, when I found out Wes Anson was making it, I was excited because I thought it would be true. And it's obviously very different to the book. He's added a lot of stuff into it. It carries on where the, fil- where the book ends. Um, but it's just... Wes, I think I said this before, Wes Anderson is one of those directors that you could watch 30 seconds of one of his films, any 30 seconds, you would immediately watch it and go, oh, this is a Wes Anderson film. It's just like the clothes, the way it looks, the music, it just jumps out at you that it's Wes Anderson. And uh, with this, I mean, George Clooney couldn't be more perfect as Fantastic Mr Fox. He's meant to be this suave, sophisticated, and then Meryl Streep as Mrs Fox. It's just, it's a lovely film. And it's only like 83 minutes as well. You actually bang through that. But yeah, no, I really, really like it. Would heartily recommend it. I've got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I've, I've got a feeling that when h uh, 2 was closing down, it went down to like 99p or something. Wow. Um, so it was an absolute steal. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really liked it. I hadn't watched it for a very long time because it's actually one of those, it's a Blu-ray, a DVD and a digital copy. You know, like back when Blu-ray wow. first came out. And it weighs a ton because of all the discs in it. Um, and but all yeah.
0: bits of paper. I don't think it's got any bits of paper. For the digital copy? Don't no, you it's got
1: No, this is one of the old-fashioned ones. It's like a disc that you put into your computer. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yes.
0: Triple play. Because I
1: think I actually had it on my iPod Classic for a while. I'm
0: getting confused <laughs> with the UV code, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, now you get a piece of paper. No, they've, got, than...
0: they've sacked that off. Oh, have they? That's not a thing anymore. Oh, is it not? No.
1: Oh, well, they've sacked that shit off now as so, well. Um... But I used to love when you used to get the the Blu-ray and the DVD, because my dad obviously doesn't have a Blu-ray player, but he used to want to watch a lot of films, so I could just let him have the DVD disc. Mm. But can't do that anymore. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'd forgotten how good a film it was.
0: I think I own it in a yellow DVD case. (laughs) Yeah, I think it came in a coloured case. Um, Okay, I've only got two films left on my list. Yeah. Um, and one of them I I don't need to talk about, but I'm going to mention that I watched it again because I th- I just think it's a proper lol fest. We talked about this film when we did the Tom Cruise episode, and I rewatched Tropic Thunder yet again because I wanted to play it to my dad. Um, <laughs> because I told we we had a very big discussion. So on the weekend um, I go and meet my dad and we have breakfast in like a greasy spoon cafe and we drink. He drinks about 58 cups of tea, um, and we talk. We just talk about stuff. But I normally tell him about what I'm going to be recording on the pod to get his opinions as well. And we were talking about Tom Cruise and, you know, and how brilliant he is. And it's very difficult to pick a, you know, a favourite film, X, Y, Z. And we were talking about Snog, Marry, Avoid for the films. And I told him about Tropic Thunder, but like a lot of people, he hadn't seen it or didn't realise Tom Cruise was in it. And I was so, so thankful that when I when I rocked up at my dad with my Tropic Thunder DVD and we watched it together, he was laughing along with me because of course I was worried that he wouldn't find it funny
1: mm. your dad's got a great laugh
0: as well um, oh good um, <laughs> laughter is good um, yeah really really I, I, I mean I probably I hope I sold it in the Tom Cruise episode but Tropic Thunder is wonderful everyone should be watching it has and your dad you
1: t- still got that old big telly
0: no <sighs> anyway moving on <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't like to have done a down note uh, so I got three more <coughs> films that I've watched. I've lost my place. Uh, so I rewatched Ghost in the Shell as well.
0: What the film version? Yes, or the
1: the, the Scarlett Johansson version, which I believe we saw at the cinema, didn't we? Yeah. If I recall, we went to see it before a midnight screening of Fast and Furious Eight.
0: Sounds about right. I think we saw it. Bef- yeah, we saw it in the yeah. evening before. Yeah. Something else. And I
1: remember coming away from that night actually having enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Fast and the Furious. Um, and it's the first time I've watched it since the cinema I bought it ages ago and it's just sat on the pile because Jem hasn't wanted to watch it or I've not been in the mood it's still a really good film it looks absolutely amazing like the effects in it the future world it's very sort of Blade Runner-y where you've got like all the holographic advertisements I think the storyline's quite basic but I feel like it sort of works for this because it's almost like an entrance into world. I feel like at the time they were probably thinking oh we could make this into a franchise. I mean, nothing's come of it, and that's from 2017, so I guess it's not necessarily dead yet. It's only been two years. Mm. But no, I just, I think Scarlett Johansson, I think she's an underrated actress. I think a lot of people write her off because she's a pretty girl, and she's a girl, fucking twat. Because she's a pretty woman, people sort of write her off as, oh, she's she's just a body. But I think she's actually a very good actress. If you've seen Under the Skin which is a film that doesn't really play on her looks at all. She's very, very good in that. And I think, although it's Marvel films, I think she's very good as Black Widow. Um, but, you yeah, know, it goes in the shell, so it's it's like a manga, It's yeah, it's a manga remake. There was a lot of controversy at the time because Scarlett Johansson is in it and it's obviously an Asian thing and there was talk of whitewashing as there always is with these things. But that is sort of covered in the film because she's a robot with she's the ghost in the shell. So she has a human brain in her, and we find out that her brain belonged to an Asian girl. It just so happens that her avatar, so to speak, her shell is a white woman. Mm. But it's got some great action scenes. She's essentially this sort of, well, it's got a bit of like elite battle angel about it as well. She's just like this uber fighter, but not quite as, not so much sort of who is she kind of thing. But no, it, it looks really good. The plot's really good. Gemma, Gemma actually rewatched it with me, and she actually thought it was she really enjoyed it as well. Which, if Gem's enjoying your film, then you're doing good things. Or it's got a shit love story in it. This one does not have a shit love story in it. Uh, but no, I really, really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. it. Must be quite cheap now.
0: I remember thinking that her movements were quite good.
1: Yeah, I noticed. First, she has a she has a very odd walk, which I think is that like her. Because obviously she's going to be very heavy because she's made of metal, but yeah, no, she is very, yeah, as I say, underrated as an actress.
0: I, I'll be honest, I don't think she's underrated as an actress. I think she is rated, and I don't consider her to be one of these like pretty
1: actresses. Just, from talking to other people about her, that's mm. the vibe I get. Yeah, that's
0: never the that's never what I've thought of her. As, because I was surprised when she did that film, Rough Night, which I haven't seen. I'm just making an assumption because it just looks like a...
1: a Shit comedy. A rom-com. Something
0: along the lines of Bridesmaids, I guess, or Bad Moms. But both of those films are fantastic, so I'm... (laughs) Fucking hell. Sonia, you're an idiot. Um, I'll probably watch Rough Night now. Um, Yeah, I've never really looked at her that way. Um, Yeah, sure, she's attractive, but... um, but I've never thought of her as someone who's just coasted along on her looks. But anyway, no. we're not. Here so to I'm talk not about. saying that
1: I did. It's just that's the impression I've had from other people about her. Uh, so yeah, so I'd thoroughly recommend that if you like, if you like your action and your sci-fi, or mm. you just like a good film. Um, so you say you're finished? So should I just crack through the rest of? I my... do have another one. Oh, sorry. I did Proceed. say I had
0: two left, and I talked about Tropic Thunder, which means I now have one left. All right. Um. I don't really need to talk about too much uh, talk about this film too much because I can only imagine if you haven't seen it, you've been living in a cave with your eyes shut for your entire life. There's an advert running at the moment for banks or mortgages or something like that where they use scenes from The Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, um, I saw yes, that. Ad- yeah, I saw that advert the other day, so had to watch The Wizard of Oz. Um, which is what what I did. And as some of you may know, you may not know, as Terry, I would hope knows, The Wizard of Oz is my favourite film of all time. I knew it was top three. I Yeah, it's top. I've got three films that are sort of probably all level pegging. Um, And I own this on... You know when you have a certain film that you own quite a number of times? Yeah. Um, This is one of those ones that I think I've got about three or four different copies of it and I just can't bring myself to get rid of the older versions of it, even though they're just basic versions, but one of them comes in a really nice case. One of them is in the old case, you know, with like the black plastic clip on the side. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, one of them's got a lovely slip case. I think one of them's in a yellow box. It's just like, oh, it's... and then obviously I've got a Blu-ray of it, but anyway, I watched it on the, I watched it. Um... No, I did watch my mum's DVD version of it because I was around her house. I saw the advert on the telly and I was like, please can I watch The Wizard of Oz? She said, I think I've got it in the cupboard. And I said, if you haven't got it in the cupboard, I'm, disowning myself from you (laughs) i'm just uh divorcing you um but of course i knew she had it in the cupboard and it's it is my favorite film it's still magical when when she when that house lands and she opens the door and it's color it still looks amazing that watching that film is just like all my sort of like happy childhood memories just just put onto a screen it's just so so magical still um I absolutely love it. And when it finished, and all the credits play, because what's really nice is that most of the credits come up at the start, which they did with older films, didn't they? And so when the film finishes, it just comes up the, the end. Yeah. And then it finishes. And within about a minute, it started playing again. So I actually watched it one and a half times Bloody because it how. got about halfway through and they said, can we turn it off now? I would have let it run for a second time. I absolutely I you sat love
1: cross-legged it. in front of the TV, just like...
0: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, um, and that... So, with the exception of research viewing, that is the end of my viewing for the last three weeks. When you bear in mind that I watched eight Harry Potter films that I didn't talk about, I did very well. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Uh,
1: so, I've got two more, and unfortunately, I'm ending on a down note with both of them. Oh, God. Uh, so, because at... I don't know. It wouldn't have been Captain Marvel. It must have been Alien. I saw a trailer for Pet Cemetery. It's obviously coming out did fairly soon. Did you
0: Pet Cemetery? No, it hasn't
1: come out yet. Oh, no, so I went. I bought the original Pet oh. Cemetery because I'd not seen it. Oh, um, obviously we'll go and see Pet Cemetery together, the new one. Oh, I, thought I was going to um, have
0: to uh, break up with you.
1: <laughs> no, because obviously I saw the trailer. I've seen two trailers now. The first trailer, say I hadn't seen the film. The first trailer I thought made it look really good, and the second trailer basically gives away the entire film. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I I was in Sainsbury's and I had it for like three quid. So that's a result, cause I wanted to watch that. It's not very good, is it? Have you seen it?
0: I've seen it many, many years ago.
1: Uh, The main highlight for me was realising that the old guy neighbour was Herman Munster from The Munsters.
0: Oh, brilliant. You
1: know, when you watch it and you go, I recognise him, I recognise him. And it got to me so much, I had to look during the film to find out who he was because it was just really irritating me. And yeah, it was Herman Munster. Amazing. Um, But yeah, it's very much of its day. So it's from the late 80s, 89. And reading the trivia, the guy playing the main guy... It must have been some sort of heartthrob because apparently they had to keep reshooting scenes because they were filming him without his shirt on and it was distracting people. So they had to reshoot Goof. the scenes with him wearing pyjamas. Um, but yeah, it it really sort of reeks of like a TV movie, you know, where it just like low production value kind of thing.
0: Unfortunately, I think a lot of Stephen King adaptations from a while ago do just watch, like, TV movies. Mm. I
1: think a lot of them have been, because obviously most of his books are fucking huge, so they Mm. tend to make them, whereas this is only, like, an hour and a half, um, and it doesn't really get going until, like, the last half hour, but it's just... I mean, the new one might be just as bad character-wise and sort of decision-making-wise, because, Mm. I mean, essentially you've got a pet cemetery where just past the pet cemetery is an old Indian burial ground, and if you bury something, it will come back to life. And while the whole family's away, it's just the dad at home. The cat is killed on this horrendous road where thing these tankers just drive really, really fast. He goes to the neighbour and the neighbour's like, oh God, you're going to have And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to tell my daughter that a cat died. And he's like, or do you? And he immediately takes him to this Indian burial ground where they bury the cat. And then the cat comes back to life and appears back at the house, but slightly changed, slightly different, a bit more crotchety, a bit more scratchy. And then the sort of, the old neighbor just like, yeah, I just didn't want you to have to tell your daughter that the cat was dead. It's like So you've literally like this magical thing or horrendous thing. You've just, oh, the cat's dead. Better tell him about the old the old reincarnation out the back. And it just, yeah, it just seemed a bit odd. It, to be fair, the last 15, 20 minutes are actually quite good where it sort of properly gets going. But I just feel like they didn't really know what to do with the book. They didn't know what to leave. Because reading the trivia, there's lots of bits that they hinted at, but they didn't properly display in the film. So I'm excited for the remake because I feel like they'll go fucking hell for leather with it. And looking at the trailer, it looks like they've gone a lot of scary, a lot of things. And I think John Lithgow as the crazy old guy across the road could be quite an interesting piece of casting. But yeah, uh, that's definitely going to be getting kexed. I'll probably get little to no money for it. Can
0: I, um, just very quickly, have you watched the Celebrity Bake Off? Yes. With John Lithgow? yes. It was all right, wasn't it? He seemed very genuine. It's one of those things where you're just like, what the fuck's John Lithgow I know. doing um, on? Well, I'm assuming
1: he, he probably fell in love with the show while he was over here filming uh, The, the Crown. Crown.
0: But that episode. It's um, when he's
1: doing all the icing and, like, literally he's got, like, blue lips. I know, where right, like he's that.
0: putting it in his mouth. But but him aside, that episode, like, you're not a massive Russell Brown fan, I know. I, I did enjoy him on that
1: too. That be fair. was
0: fantastic. I've his te-
1: gingerbread scene of the birth of his daughter.
0: I've texted so many people and said, look, you need to watch this episode of The Bake Off because Russell Brand is amazing in it. When I they...
1: really like John Richardson as well, although he wasn't hilarious in that, mainly because he was fighting up against Russell Brand.
0: But he was trying to befriend... Yeah. Um, and John Lithgow, yeah, trying John to Lithgow get as well, which was, which was quite nice. But I really, really thought Russell Brand was just fantastic in that. He was so funny. So anyone listening, if you haven't seen the Stand Up to Cancer Celebrity Bake Off, you need to watch it. What's it on Channel 4? Maybe yeah. on Catch Up. Yeah, it's amazing. Have you
1: watch the other one as well? Yes. With James Acaster, Michelle Keegan, Rylan, no, and someone
0: else. Maybe not then.
1: It's not as good, but it's still no. good. No. I love Bake Off.
0: It's all right. It's better um, now our- where better now Knowles on it anyway we're not talking about bacon oh
1: uh, yeah so pet cemetery so if you're a massive stephen king fan probably give Hi. it a go but but otherwise yeah obviously he has his standard cameo um but yeah I, I mean i didn't have like high expectation of it knowing the fact that i hadn't seen it spoke volumes because if it was a good one like it i would have definitely seen it uh so then last thing i watched before come not straight come but i watched it today uh, Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, or Vault, or Vid, depending on which character is saying it in the film. So that's the most recent one. We did one.
0: notice that you'd seen that today, so we saw it on your letterboxed.
1: Yes, so I watched that. So
0: had you I, seen it before?
1: No, didn't okay. see it at the cinema, but had it pre-ordered. It's out tomorrow, but it arrived early thanks to Mr. Postman.
0: Um, I didn't know you got post on a Sunday.
1: No, it came yesterday, but Bloody didn't have a chance hell. to watch it. Yeah, I know. Wow, two days early. Good old Postman. Uh, So I quite enjoyed the first one. Um, Just Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, Was slightly perturbed when they then announced that it was part of five films. And and then obviously at the end of it, when Johnny Johnny Depp turns up and he's Grindelwald or Grindelwald. um, This film is two hours and 25 minutes long, or if you watch the extended cut as we did, two hours and 40 minutes long. Oh dear. And it is nothing happens. It is very obviously a film set within a set of films, but obviously that happens a lot, but there's always something happens, something is concluded and the film just goes on. Whereas this, this is like you've ripped out four chapters of a book and said, here's a book. It's the big thing that happens at the end. is just not a big thing. The opening is amazing. to so Grindelwald being like his jailbreak, essentially because the end of the first film was him being captured by the Ministry of Magic so it's him breaking out it's like a stagecoach that's flying through the air and there's like serpents and there's flying horses and that's like really really cool to look at but otherwise it just i don't know i just feel like they're just giving it too much because it's a harry potter film because harry potter made so many billions it's like they're not checking themselves on it because there's Mm. scenes in it that just go on and you're like that didn't need to be in it. Mm. You could have cut that out. You could have cut that shorter. This character is absolutely irrelevant. It really annoys me that they're re- they're using a lot of the characters from Harry Potter. So obviously Dumbledore turns up in this. Um, we meet Nicholas Flamel, who's obviously talked about in the Philosopher's Stone, and like virtually everyone you meet is a name check. And it's just like just make it its own thing. Mm. I it really is just feels like it's just cashing in on the fact that it's a Harry Potter thing rather than focusing on being Fantastic Beasts. And yeah, for me, it was just... So it looked really good. Some of the, like the effects, some of like the, the animals in it, because obviously it's about Fantastic Beasts, are really, really cool, but it was just... I mean, I'm, we were watching it, I was like, oh, there can't be long left, hit the old display button, and there was still like over an hour to go, and it's like, I have no idea where this is going. And it didn't go anywhere. And the end just has a couple of bits that happen. You're just like, that has happened out of... completely out of the blue. I do not understand why that character has just done that which it might turn out three films down the line that it was a calculated move, etc. But I don't like it when people make films based on what they're going to do next, make a film that works as a film and then see what happens. Mm. Which obviously it's slightly different if you're doing Deathly Hallows part one and you're making it at the same time as part two. Mm. But this is a film, they've all gone away. They will go and make part three, whatever they end up calling that. But yeah, it just, just annoyed me more than anything. Two and a half stars from me. Yeah. And one of those stars was purely for the effects. Oh, dear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it at the cinema. But I'll be honest, I wasn't that taken with it. Given how much I love Harry Potter, I've, yeah. I've never been that fussed about Fantastic Beasts. Um, it's the same with The the Hobbit.
1: Oh, The Hobbit was dog shit, though.
0: Eh? Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was dog shit, Terry, but um, Compar- I'd like, to, I'd to, like the... to see you do better. <laughs>
1: You imagine I come back next week with a trilogy of films that reduce you to tears. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're just like, Oh my god.
1: Unlikely, but you I'd know. I'd
0: say it's unlikely, yeah. <laughs> right. Well that
1: that's the end of our
0: catch, of up, our catch up episode. Anything yeah. else you want to mention? No. I think I've talked about everything we've watched.
1: Lovely. So that's the end for this week. So next week we'll be back and we'll be talking about Mother's Day or films with mothers in them. Yeah, More so, specifically, bad mothers.
0: Okay, well, I probably wasn't going to allude to the fact it's okay, about bad. Okay, cut
1: that bit out, Dan.
0: Or, or don't. Or we'll just leave it in for <laughs> Bantz. So episode two of this trilogy um, will be out... Hopefully on Mother's Day or as close to Mother's Day as we can arrange. And Terry and I have decided to talk about some of our favourite portrayals of mothers in films. We won't be talking about the film Mother. Um, I still haven't
1: watched that. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) I was going to watch it for the
0: podcast. (laughs) I forgot. When, uh, When I got, is it my one? Yeah. I remember when I got that and I watched it and obviously was hugely disappointed. And I was thinking, I'll kick that, get quite a bit of money for that. You and Dan kept on for it, for, kept hold of it for so long. Um, I'm just looking up how much you get for it. Terry's going to have a look and see. It, it's Blu-ray, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about this, listeners. This, this is uh, thrilling uh, podcast stuff. How much would I get if I traded it in? Don't forget, it's got an exclamation point.
1: Yeah, I've got the DVD. The DVD, you would get fifty pence.
0: Oh. You'd so, actually get 50 pence. It doesn't sell for 50 pence. No, you'd
1: get it for 50 pence. Blu-ray, you would get a £1.60 voucher or £1 cash. <sighs> and they sell it for £4.
0: Fucking hell. I bought that fucker when it was released. Anyway. Anyway. Um, that side we'll be presenting to you some of our favourite mothers in movies. Um that's that's it. That's all we need to say. I'm so upset about the film mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did it will come flooding back to you.
0: Yeah. And more more what I'm more upset about is that I'd only get a pound for it if I took <laughs> it back in. Uh, do you want to do the social media stuff? Frankly, yep. I'm too sad.
1: <laughs> so it's social media, so we are Theatrical Cup Pod on Instagram and I am Prefax and Sonia is Mallory underscore watches. Uh, you can also see us on Facebook. So, again, if you search Theatrical Cut pod or Theatrical Cut, uh, we do a few bits and pieces on there. The Instagram, we try and do a few polls and stuff around the topics that we're doing. Uh, you can email us theatricalcut at gmail.com if you want to get involved in any of our topics or if you want to suggest a topic or suggest a film you want us to talk about. Uh, the mother pod is t m t o o h on Twitter. And well Instagram. done. Well done They've also got Facebook. They have an email, but they don't do not
0: <laughs> and we don't know what it is anyway yeah, so
1: good um yeah, that's
0: not what it is like. any more for any more song I'm all done all thanks right? for listening see you next time